So turn to 1 John chapter 1. We're continuing our study of the sayings of Peter. What we're doing is we're looking at selected statements that Peter makes. In this lesson, we saw that Jesus with the men, uh, they were in the last upper room, last supper, basically. He, was, he washed their feet, and we saw two, two things. The teaching, he showed servanthood, but he basically said, I served you, you should serve others. And then he talked about cleansing. And we talked about the whole idea of being in fellowship and being clean. And we talked about the difference between a bath, which was the big washing, and then the nip-toe, which is the little washing, and, and uh, fellowship is that. And so the goal, when we look at this, the goal is fellowship with Christ, and we're, we're dealing now with truths dealing with confession of sin. Because we stopped and, and said, Let, let's talk about confession of sin. Let's talk about what's going on there. And I think one of the truths that we don't always realize, but uh, from, from our own experiences, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. This is true both before and after we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Before salvation, we're dead and trespasses and sin, we live according to the world. Let me remind you of this little chart. We always use this. This is an unbeliever. He has a body, a soul, a conscience, and a flesh. The body holds everything together. The soul is the part that relates to the world. The conscience is the where you have the idea of right and wrong. And then the flesh is the natural bent to sin, a natural bent. And every one of us come into this world with a natural bent to sin. When we believe in Jesus Christ as a believer, we still have the body and the soul and the conscience of the flesh, but we're made alive. We call it the human spirit. We were dead spiritually. Now we're alive spiritually. And then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And so you can see there we are as a believer. And you say, wow, a new creation in Christ, a new person, Holy Spirit, everything. But there's the flesh, and there's still that pull, that battle going on inside where the Bible says the flesh lusts against spirit, spirit against the flesh. Contrary one to another, you may not do the things that you will. So there is a battle going on inside of all of us. And so we sin, and that's why when we looked at what Jesus did, how he washed the feet of the disciples, a picture of cleansing them from sin, not salvation. They are already saved except for one, that was Judas, but he's cleansing them. And so we see that. So when we look at this, we, we want to raise some questions like, what we do when we sin, and, and we must deal with sin. So last time as we looked through this, we raised seven things. Let me let's put them up right here. Here are seven questions, seven ideas that we look at, and we, we got to the, about the first three, and I'm going to review just a second. So here's the questions, and this, this is us, all of us in this room. How do we deal with sin in our lives? First, number one, how do we deal with sin? We confess it. We're going to confess sin. That, mean, uh, and, and that means the moment we recognize our sin, we confess it. So, But what is confession? It's confession is telling ourselves. Now, we spent a little bit of time last week. And, and by the way, if just because of time, if we don't get through the lesson, it's a little bit long. If we don't get through the lesson, we'll just stop and take up here next week. But what is confession? It's telling on yourself. And we brought it up last week that confession literally means to say the same thing. So to confess sin is to say, God, I lied. Now, sometimes we talked last week that people want to say, do you need to feel sorry for your sin or do you need to ask for forgiveness? Well, we know this, that it's okay to feel sorry for sin. I feel sorry every time I sin. I feel sorry that I did it, but, uh, uh, you know, but confession is actually telling on yourself. So you can say, I'm sorry, Lord, that I lied. And then people say, should we ask for forgiveness? The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to do what? 
to forgive us and to cleanse us. So, and technically, you don't really have to ask for forgiveness. You could say, Lord, oh, please forgive me. And he, he says, I, I, I am going to do that. So the third one down is, why do we need to confess? And this is where we sort of stopped last week. Restoration to fellowship and forgiveness. It's restoration and forgiveness. And uh, so why do we need it? It's restoration to fellowship. We get back in the fellowship with God and forgiveness. Now, we stopped and talked a little bit about forgiveness. Because you hear people say this, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you receive forgiveness of sins. Is that true? Yes. But then as the Christian, they say something like this, you need to confess your sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive you. And you could say, I thought I was already forgiven. Well, here's what we realize. There's two aspects of forgiveness. There's what we call position or positional forgiveness. By faith, we have the forgiveness of sin. When we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, that exact moment, every sin from all time is forgiven. Acts 13, 38 and Acts 10, 43. This deals with our relationship with God. So as far as our relationship is concerned, we have an eternal relationship with God. Everything is forgiven. He's taken our sins and placed it as far as the what? east to the west, okay? That is in our position, okay? Positional forgiveness. Then there's what we call experience or experiential forgiveness. This comes by confession. This is when, as we go through the Christian life, this is dealing with our fellowship, and when we sin, we're out of fellowship, and we need forgiveness to get back into fellowship. This is not relationship. Relationship is eternal. This is fellowship. This is why 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So we need that. And so what we're really talking about, when Jesus basically said, if you have a bath... That's your positional forgiveness. But then you need to wash a little part. That's your experiential forgiveness. That's why Jesus said, you're, all of, you're clean all over, but then you need some parts. When we're clean all over is when we are forgiven positionally forever. And then when we get clean on every day in and day out, that's when we get clean experientially. And that's what we're talking about. And so uh, what does, that, that's a key thing. I hope you all understand that. Because there'll be people say, uh, I, I, you said that when you believe in Jesus, you have forgiveness of sins. That's true. But then you say you got to confess your sin to get forgiven again. Yeah, that's true. The first forgiveness is our position, our relationship. The second one is our experience and dealing with our fellowship. Does this make sense? You got it? Okay. Now, how does God respond? That's the next question. How does God respond? It says he's faithful and just faithful to do exactly what he says, just because he can forgive sin, because first of all, he's already paid for every sin. Second, he's, he's already forgiven every sin ever in your relationship with him. And now in your fellowship with him, when you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to do that. In fact, it says he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Now, we're going to talk more about it in a second, but to forgive, which literally means to remove the debt. And, and when we talk about forgiving people, if somebody said, well, you need to forgive those people. Forgive means to release the debt. Let it go. What God does, he's faithful and just to forgive us, arao, to lift it up, to get it gone. And, and so when you, when you sin, let's just, say, let's just say you lied, okay? You already know that because you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you're saved and saved forever. All your sins have been forgiven in your relationship with God. But now we're talking about your fellowship with God, and you sin, and you lied, the moment you confess that, the moment you tell on yourself and you say, God, I lied, he is faithful and just to forgive you, to remove that debt. It's gone. 
and you're back in the fellowship with God. Now, here's the key. There are people who will say, oh, Lord, I lied. I admit I lied. Oh, Lord, I'm so sad. I, I lied. I, I'm so sorry I lied. I lied. And what has he done just then? He's faithful and just to what? And what do they say an hour later? Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry I lied. I'm, Wait a minute. God could say, what are you talking about? I've already removed it. It's already been taken up. It's already been forgiven. The debt is removed. And see, sometimes we hang on to things we've done wrong, and we keep saying it over and over. Not, not, not that we take it lightly by saying it one time, but when you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. And so we've got to remember that. So he forgives us the debt, and then he cleanses. And we're going to talk more about this forgiveness and cleansing, especially cleansing in just a second. First John 1, 7 says that when we, when we deal with sin, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Christ keeps on cleansing us from all sin. So it's really, really powerful truth. Here's this. Um, in John 13, he who is bathed, past tense, has eternal life salvation. They need only to wash, present tense, that's the fellowship. So one is eternal life salvation, the other is Christian life salvation. One deals with our eternal life aspect, the other deals with our fellowship. And you just got to remember that. And that's so important. Because listen, if you confess your sin, what is he? He's what? He's faithful in what? Just to do what? To forgive and to cleanse. So if you confess it, has he forgiven you? Should you go around saying, oh boy, what am I going to do now? No. In fact, what does the devil want you to do? He wants you to say, I'm not worthy to serve God. Guess what? You're not worthy to serve God to begin with. None of us are. And yet he takes us, gives us, gives us the Holy Spirit, gives us the Word of God, gives us power, and he uses us. So it's not a question of worthiness. And so when we sin, we, you could say, I let God down, I let people down. That's true. But God says, You're, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. Powerful, powerful truth. So he's faithful. How does God respond when we confess our sin? He's faithful. And he's faithful to, to deal with, uh, he forgives all sin. Now, let's go to the next question because there's a number of questions. What, do we, what sins do we need to confess? First, simply put, we need to confess any known sin. Do you sin sometimes and don't know you sin? Or have you sinned and forgot that you sinned? Right? I try to forget it all the time, right? <laughs> so, so, it, it, so when we recognize, when we remember a sin that we've done, that we haven't confessed, what do we do? Confess it. Now, if you remember it and you've already confessed it, what do you do? Go on. You don't need to confess it again because you've already confessed it. So what sins do we need to confess? And it's, you know, first simply put, anyone that, that you think about, you go, oh, gosh, I, I, I did that. Or you might do it, and as soon as you do it, you go, I just did that. Okay, then what should you do? Confess it. Now, look at 1 John 1, 9 for just a second, okay? It's a famous verse. And verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a lot of things there. And I just want you to see something from, from the Bible. First of all, the if. When the verse starts by if we confess our sins, in the Greek it's what we call a third class if, which means maybe we will and maybe we won't. So if, maybe we confess, maybe we don't. Now, if we confess our sins, and we do, he is faithful and righteous, faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, we've talked about this before, but it is so important. Look at all. First of all, 
to forgive us our sins. In the Greek is to forgive the sins. What sins are we talking about? What sins are we talking about? No, the sins what? The the ones we are confessing. Let's say I lied. Let's say I did two things. Let's say I hit my toe and I said a really bad word. And then not too long after that, I lied. And then I realized I lied. And I say, oh, and I confess the fact that I lied. He says, if we confess the sin, which sin am I confessing? The lie. Then it says what? He will cleanse us from what? That's the stub in the toe one, right? I didn't remember that one. I didn't even think about that one. When I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us the sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because let me tell you this. Do you think you could even write down how many sins you do and confess them all? No, you can't even remember them, right? And so God knows that. And so God says, when you sin, when, it, when you sin, if you confess your sins, if you tell on yourself, he is faithful, because he, he always does what he says, and righteous, because he's just, because he's already paid for everything, to forgive us our sins. It actually says forgive us our sins, but it's the sins. The sins. Forgive the sins you're confessing. And then he does what? Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Aren't you glad that's in there? What if it wasn't? What if you could never be in fellowship until you confessed every sin you could remember? I told y'all I read a book, and I'm not even going to tell you who wrote it, and it's a famous person, and the title of the book, well, I'm not even going to tell you the title of the book because you might go find it, but the person says at the back of the book how to have a well, actually, how to, how to be saved. It doesn't say how to have eternal life. It says how to be saved. Step number one, name every sin you've ever done. That's step number one. That's what it says. I can't even remember everything I did yesterday, not more or less everything I've ever done. In order to have eternal life, I have to deal with every sin I've ever done? No. In fact, my eternal life isn't based on any of my sins, is it? My eternal life is based on the fact that I believe in Jesus Christ for his promise. What's his promise? What's his promise? Eternal life. Yeah, I believe in that he will give me eternal life. So, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You, we should, uh, you should take that verse and mark it out and say, thank you, Lord. Because when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us the sin we confess and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a story about what if you, uh, what if this suit, I, I looked up and I got, oh no, I got something right here. I need to go to the cleaners to get the stain out. So I take my suit in and I say, I got a stain right here on my suit. And he said, okay, I can get that. Don't worry about that. So he, I come and he says, oh yeah, I got the stain out. I went, great. And he said, I also got the place on the back. And I said, oh, I didn't know there was a place on the back. See, when we confess our sins, it's the stain, but he also cleanses the back that you don't even know about or remember. When we confess, God deals with our sins, the ones we know, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness, the ones we do not know. Is that called grace? What do you think that is? Man, wow. Let's go to question six. When should we confess sin? Answer, as soon as we realize we've sinned. 
Now, sometimes we do things and life is going fast and we do things and we don't even think about some things, but we should. Because what happens the moment we sin and we don't deal with it? What happens? We are what? Out of what? Fellowship. And we're going to talk in just a minute. Question seven is going to be, what, are the, what, what happens if you don't confess your sin? But when should we confess at the moment? But what if we don't? Well, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I have sin, God doesn't what? Doesn't hear me. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't hear you. He knows everything. He knows every prayer. He knows everything. But he's saying, as long as you're out of fellowship with me, I'm not going to deal with some of these things. You need to be in fellowship. Uh, can you serve God when you're out of fellowship? No, you can't. And so uh, there's all kind of things there. Uh, the, the Lord's Prayer talks about forget, you know, our sins. And so he's basically saying, what should we do? When should we confess sin? The moment we realize we've sinned. And so, you know, this whole passage of everything we're talking about right now, sin, it's not any fun, is it, so far? That ain't fun to me at all. Because, you know, but the truth is, what has he done for us? He says, you're going to sin, and when you sin, I'm going to take care of it for you. And you never have to worry about it. Wow. What if you had to, every time you sinned, you had to go do something like penance. You know what penance is. It comes from the word repent. And so you did a certain sin, you had to go do certain things to pay for that sin somehow. Is that what we do? No, we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Well, what happens if we don't confess? What happens if we sin? And we know we've sinned. There are people who live in sin. There are people who are doing sin, and they know they're doing sin, and they don't deal with it. What happens when we sin and we don't deal with our sin? Well, first of all, there's a loss of fellowship. We're out of fellowship with both God and others. That's really what happens. See, a lot of times we say, well, when you sin, you're out of fellowship with God. Guess what? You're also out of fellowship with what? Fellow believers. If you're in fellowship and I'm not in fellowship, am I in fellowship with you? No. And if I'm not in fellowship with you and I'm out of fellowship, I'm also out of fellowship with God. Look at 1 John 1, 6 and 7. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, which means what? We're in sin. We're lying. And we're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he in the light, that's in fellowship, we have what? Fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what happens if we don't confess? We're out of fellowship. We lose fellowship with God and others. The goal is fellowship. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. Here's what he says. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that, why? What's this book about? So that you might have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. John is writing to believers and saying, here's the goal of this letter. Fellowship. It's not salvation. It's fellowship. He says, the goal of this whole book is that you'd have fellowship with each other, and our fellowship is the Father and the Son. And so as long as we're in fellowship with the Father and Son, and you're in fellowship with the Father and Son, guess who has fellowship? We do. We have fellowship with each other. So what happens if you sin and you don't deal with your sin? You're what? Out of fellowship. Well, that's sad. Here's the second thing. There's a loss of joy. Uh, when, you, when you have sin in your life, are you joyous? Are you having a lot of joy? What do you actually feel like? 
What do you feel like when you've got sin in your life and you know you had not dealt with it and you know you've done wrong and you keep on doing wrong? What do you, how do you feel? You feel terrible, yeah. You feel terrible. This is David, and he's writing Psalm 51, and this is the psalm that he wrote when he confessed his sin about Bathsheba. The best we can understand is David sinned with Bathsheba, told nobody, tried to cover it up, and the best we can tell for a long time didn't confess his sin. And Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 basically tells how God, how David writes and says, your hand was heavy on me, his life was miserable. Is your life miserable when you have sin in your life? Look what he writes. This is for the choir director. <laughs> this is a song, David wrote a song, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came to him after he'd gone into Bathsheba. This, if you remember our story, we've been studied all the way through this. This is when Nathan came to David after David had had uh, basically committed adultery with Bathsheba, and, and he came to him and said, David, you're the man. You've done wrong. And so here's what David says. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your unchanging love, according to the greatness of your compassion. Take away my sin. Blot it out. Wash me thoroughly from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. I know my transgression and my sin is before me. I know I did it. I know it. Against you and you only, I have sinned. You know, when we sin, who do we ultimately sin against? It's God. That's who we ultimately sin against. It's against you and you only I've sinned, and I've done evil in your sight. So you're justified when you speak, blameless when you judge, when you say, you did wrong. I could say to God, you're exactly right. I did wrong. Purify me with hyssop. I'll be clean. Clean me, Lord. Clean me. Wash me, Lord. I'll be whiter than snow. That's nipto. That's, not the, that's Hebrew. This is not the Greek. But he's saying, clean me, Lord. Clean me up. Clean me up so I can be whiter than snow, so I can be back like I used to be. Make me here to hear joy and gladness. How you feel when you have sin in your life? Is there joy and gladness? No, there's not. And then look what he says. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. What do you mean his bones were broken? What do you think he means? What do you think he means? You tell me. You think he was hurting? You think he felt like his bones were broken? You think he felt like some heavy weight was on him? You think he felt like something's going on in my body, something's going on in my life? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I used to think the verse said, restore to me the joy of my salvation, and I read it wrong. It's not my salvation, it's his salvation. He says, restore to me the joy of the salvation I have with you. Sustain me with a willing spirit. When we have sinned, there is no joy. So he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. What happens when we sin? We lose what? Fellowship. We lose what? Joy. Here's the third one. Oh, by the way, joy deals with fellowship and happiness deals with circumstances. I can be happy for a little bit, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm going to have joy. If I got sin in my life, I might be happy for a little bit because it deals with circumstances. But joy deals with fellowship. And that's why we can, we can have outward happiness, but inward there's no joy because of the sin in our lives.
Here's the next one. We're out of God's will. Wow, that's a tough one. You don't want to be out of his will. Now, ultimately, God has a sovereign will that works everything, even our sin, everything fits in his plan. But then he has also a plan that says, don't sin, live righteously. And when we sin, we're out of God's will. And the truth is this, God's will is found in God's word. That's true. And when we're sinning, we're not following God's word, so we're out of God's will. And that's why Romans 12, 2 talks about, you know, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, and then he says, stop being conformed to the world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you may know what the will of God is. How do you know the will of God? It goes back to renewing your mind with the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, living righteously and godly. And then he actually goes on and says, that is abstain from sexual immorality. He talks to the Thessalonians about that kind of sin. And so the bottom line is this, when we sin, we're out of God's will. And the truth is, in this next one, we're going to see it, but the truth is when, we, when we're out of God's will, we really can't do much for him. We can't do anything for him. In fact, apart from him, we can do what? Nothing. In fact, that's D. We can't serve God. John 15, 5, apart from me, we can do nothing. And so there are times, I'm sure in our lives, we've done things. We might even have done things for God, but we're out of fellowship. And what happens when we're out of fellowship and we think we do things for God? Are we going to get any rewards? No, we're out of fellowship. So you can't serve God. Can't get the rewards. See, in fellowship, what do we get? What, do we, what comes out of our lives in the fellowship of God? Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law, which means you can't make a law that makes people live that way. That's only the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's called the, the fruit of the Spirit. But what comes out of us when we're out of fellowship is called the what? Deeds of the flesh. Um, I hate to do this, but I'm going to. Well, I don't really hate it. Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, good, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what comes out when the Holy Spirit, the deeds of the flesh. You notice the fruit of the Spirit and the deeds of the flesh. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger. Is that true? Yeah, cool. Yeah, right? Disputes, factions, envy, and drunkenness, carousing, any rights, and such like this. What comes out of our lives when we're out of fellowship? We're being controlled by what? The flesh. Listen, we're either living our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit or we're living our lives in the flesh. And when we're out of fellowship with God, we're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. We're living really in the flesh. Well, so we got one more, and I'll just talk about it real quickly, and we'll go more on it next week. We lose rewards. Rewards is not talking about in most churches. You understand this? Number one, most churches, if they even use the word rewards, they think the reward is salvation. You live right, you live good enough, you persevere to the end, and the reward is you get salvation. The Bible doesn't talk about rewards uh, of salvation in that sense. Salvation is a gift, it's not a reward. Rewards are our service for God. And when we sin and we're out of fellowship, 
And see, one of these days, we're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'll go more details on that one next week just to talk about wood, hay, stubble, and, and gold, silver, and precious stone. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, run the race so you get the prize. And we'll talk a little bit more about rewards next time. It's really powerful stuff. Let me give you some applications quickly. Deal with sin in our lives. Confess, telling ourselves as soon as we realize we've sinned, the goal is to be back in the fellowship and to have that forgiveness, okay? Then second, understand confession. What is confession? Tell, it's telling yourself. That's what it is. And what does God do? He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. It's real powerful. And then the third thing is just what we've seen. Let's remember what happens if we don't confess. We're out of fellowship. There's no joy. We're out of God's will. Can't serve God. We lose rewards. There's more to come. We'll talk more about them next time.